Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. I'm so excited to host a second of three episodes with Donna Kirby, a vice president of the Blue Wahoos, AA baseball team affiliated with the Minnesota Twins. Last week, we learned about Donna's career path that led her to be a vice president of the Blue Wahoos. Today, we're going to focus on why service excellence is important and what we can do to be the best service provider. Donna, I'm so pleased to have you on our show again. Thank you. know, you. just uh, want to continue to learn from you. And now we're going to dig at, down into, you know, to really talking about, you know, why mm-hmm. service, why serving our customers is really important. And mm-hmm. on the next episode, we'll talk a little bit about some tactical things that we can do sure. and that you could teach others to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. You know, so why do you, um, why do you think service excellence is important to, to any organization just right. in general? It, it differentiates you from your competition. So having that excellence, having that corner on the market that is just, even if it's just a slight notch above your competition, the consumers that are out there are choosing where they want to spend their time and their money. Mm -hmm. So if you're providing a product that outshines anybody else who is in the running, then they're going to choose you and that's going to lead you to success, you know, in word of mouth spreads. So people that go to a great organization are going to talk about that. I think the ratio is... uh, for every positive interaction, they'll tell six friends about their positive interaction, and those six friends will have another and tell their six friends. So it kind of, you know, exponentially increases from there. So yeah, and you know, I think it's I'm, we're finding that more and more. You know, I'm I'm becoming much more more passionate about when we do work with organizations. It's really trying to, you know, to focus on on customers or the service mm-hmm. they provide. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, and I don't know, maybe not as much in the in the Wahoos, but I noticed last week you talked about customer and then you said fan experience, mm-hmm. you know, so you moved out of the word customer. Mm-hmm. I get caught up sometimes with people saying, you know, in education or healthcare or work that we do, right. you know, they're not, cu- we're not serving customers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, then what word do we use? Right. Do you ever get that at all? We do get that. And we get that a lot from newer staff members. It truly is the fan experience, right? So a good example of this is I'll have somebody come up to say, come up to me after a baseball game the next morning and say, what were our survey results from last night? And I'll say, you want to know about our fan experience? We'll talk about that. Let's go over the numbers, right? So survey results, are mm-hmm. numbers on a paper, but the fan experience is really taking those numbers and putting them into 3D. Oh, yeah. What are the people telling us? That's our report card, right? Yeah. And if we start thinking of it in any other way than it's the fan experience, then we're going to start backsliding a little bit because numbers can become very static and very um, uninteresting. And the fan experience really drives the memories that we were talking about last episode. I love that. You know, it's it's interesting for us. We we use surveys in the work that we do, mm-hmm. and um, and it, it, they're hard. You know, mm-hmm. they're hard for people to look at sometimes the results. Sure. But I just love you. Just gave me something to really think about in our mm-hmm. own practice because we tend to look at a survey re- results rollout process. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to really think through 
how do we use better words? Right. Because we're, we're, we want people to use those surveys to improve right. because we're interested in the fans. Right. That's what I hear you say. Is and that right, Donna? It's absolutely mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and it's from a few different angles, right? Your survey results are a reflection of what that fan's experience was, right? But then also when I'm sharing those numbers with my game day staff in our pre-game meetings that we have, I'll talk about the fan experience based on what the numbers were that were coming in last night because I want them thinking about it's not just survey results, it is a fan experience, and I'm in control of that. I'm in the front lines doing that, right? So we talk about it in very specific ways, and fan experience is one of those. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so do you look at those survey results on a daily basis, do you all? Around the clock. Around the clock. Literally, okay. there's an app on my phone. Yeah. The very, uh, the, I probably am sharing too much information here, but the very last thing I'll do before I go to bed is look at our survey results from the night that we just played the baseball game. We send them out in the seventh inning very intentionally for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go back and I'll pull the emails of the fans who have scanned in and who have come to the games, send it out during the seventh inning, and then immediately begin monitoring the feedback that we get. If there's any mission-critical information that we get back in real time, I will look up where that fan is seated and go to them oh, right wow. then. Because you want to take care of it. I don't want anybody leaving our games angry. I want them to be able to voice their frustration or whatever the in- incident was with me so I can recover it at that point. You know? Yeah. Better than having them leave. Even when they leave, we do have a standard that they're, uh, you know, the fans are replied to within 24 hours, and it's much quicker than that. My staff really you know, gets on it very, very quickly. Yeah. But um, if we can do it in real time and have a face-to-face conversation with the fan, I'd much prefer that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then they come back the next day happy. Right. And they're and not, not, not grouchy. Right, <laughs> yeah. not grouchy. And, more, and, and it's, really, mm-hmm. uh, it's really even more than that. It's more than just winning them over. They're actually advocates for you at that point because yes. they see the level of service that was offered to them. And, wow, they really do read those things. We get that comment all the time. <laughs> yeah. You guys really read these surveys? <laughs> we absolutely thrive on them. Yeah, right? that's great, so. Donna. That's great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that information. Absolutely. You've given me something to think about. Oh, good. This October, we are sharing success by the seaside at Destination High Performance Pensacola. We invite you to our home on sunny Pensacola Beach, Florida, where we look forward to sharing strategies that are the foundation of a continuously improving organization. Join us October 29th and 30th to network and learn from highly successful and motivated leaders from around the nation as they share their stories. Topics include engaging and retaining the best employees, building a culture around service, and reaching goals. For more information or to register, please visit studereducation.com slash events. So what are the core drivers that make you a great leader? Because I really think you you are um, with your team. I see it when I'm at the games, you know, and and it's being that great leader with service excellence. You know, so what are those core drivers for you? Well, one that is really big with me is you have to lead from truth. You have to, you know, anybody, and I'm not just saying, you know, people who report to you or anything like that, anybody can sniff out a fraud in a half a second, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to lead yeah. from a place of truth. The minute I don't believe in what I'm doing, I need to find somebody else to take over for my role, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm coming to my staff and sharing with them the wins that we've had as well as the losses. Um, I'm praising my staff and I'm using truth to do that, but I'm also using truth whenever I have to have those difficult conversations and disciplinary actions. And it happens, you know. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, it's not that often, but 
as long as I'm remaining true to myself and my core leadership, that goes well with the staff. They believe in me. They know that my my uh, desires and my wishes for them are true, and they'll follow me that way, and, and yeah. uh, they believe that I believe in them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so your core driver is what I hear, you know, one of the things we've been focusing on is trust. Sometimes I get the feedback or we get feedback about, I'll ask, what are the two things that are, you know, the the most negative parts of your organization? Mm-hmm. And people will say communication and trust, right? right? What are the things we need to work on? Right. And um, so what I hear you say is, you know, trust is really important and that trust is really built on the way or the way that you build those relationships with your employees. It absolutely is. And fortunately, we're lucky at the Blue Wahoos, we have a 96% returning staff rate uh, year over year. That's been the That's average. Incredible. For Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, we're very lucky. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fun place to go to work, number one, but they do feel truly valued and appreciated and they know that I've got their back, right? And I think it comes into play too that you know, I'll recognize the staff for doing a great job, but when I have to recognize, when I'm recognizing them, it's in front of the whole group, right? Yeah. But when that disciplinary conversation is coming in, it is never going to be in front of the whole group. It, they're pulled aside, we'll have a conversation. I'll tie it back to our standards of behavior that mm-hmm. we operate from and say, you know, by your action X, whatever it was, you violated this standard and that's something you signed on and something that's fundamental to our success this is why this isn't gonna work for us and it'll go on on file. But fortunately, those conversations are the exception to the rule. Absolutely, because you built a good positive workforce and build relationships with people. And I see that recognition. I love when you recognize (laughs) the employees on top of the first or third you know, their base dugout. They really, really like that. They love it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really neat. We've got a healthy competition between our, uh, in our stadium operations setup, we've got our ushers and our cleaning crew and our security. Security is kind of hard to get very much feedback on, uh, on the surveys because they're a little bit, you know, just stepping back and watching things. Mm -hmm. The ushers and the cleaning crew are much more interactive with the fans. So what I think is funny is when I'll, uh, I'll be sharing the results from the surveys from the previous night, and they all lean in. And the ushers want to beat the cleaning crew, and the cleaning crew wants to beat the ushers. And it's a well, healthy, comp- friendly competition. healthy competition, right? <laughs> all based on that reward and recognition, though. And, you know, I'll share what a fan has written in and said about them, or oftentimes I'll be pulled aside on a concourse, and somebody will want to share with me something that that fan saw. I love it. So share it with the whole staff, and they get a kick out of it. Yeah. And then it, it creates Fun. that halo effect, too, because other people are saying, wait a minute, I can do that you know yeah. he, Bob did that <laughs> yeah I know, I know I how to replace the soda that was spilled that's easy I could do that so. that's great yeah you know and as we kind of wrap up today one of the things that that has really you know been been on my mind we do organizational assessments mm-hmm. and so we'll have like 25 items of which what highest needs are for an organization mm-hmm. and unfortunately what I've seen over the past year is customer service, service excellence, you know, what you're talking about with that fan experience, doesn't always come up at the top of what organizations need. Right. And, you know, I want to tell them, you know, you right. this is a differentiator. <laughs> right. You know, what would you say to people who are rating that at the at yes. that lower level? They're falling into a pit. And the pit is they're putting finances before the experience of their customers, right? Yeah. So they're, and uh, I just think it's ingrained in so many organizations. And I think it's just coming up through, you know, their careers that finances in often, oftentimes in places, the number one focus, hey, we've got to hit these numbers. We've got to hit these budget goals. I'm not saying that budgets aren't important. Obviously, we need to remain fiscally solvent to be able to be here. But 
the customer experience has to be there in order for those finances to follow. I think it's backwards. I think yeah. it's absolutely backwards where if you're not putting your focus and your emphasis on that person coming back to your business and talking about your business and glowing about your business, the finances are going to suffer anyway. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. I think that's great advice and a great recommendation and I think you all will see, you know, throughout the course of our conversations and you look back over the the episodes that we've gone through you know, you'll see Donna really talking about some of the core tactics and alignment of tools to the nine principles. Right. You'll just, you know, as you go, as if we were to go back and really look at some of the episodes, mm -hmm. standards of behavior, right. you know, really the relationship building, the trust building, you see Donna just really executing to those and as a great leader. So next week, we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about some tactical things that you can learn from her to increase your service excellence within your organizations and really help the people who rely on you have what Donna calls that great fan experience. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. As you go into this week, think of one or two actions you can apply to provide excellent service. Think about some of the recommendations that Donna provided today. I look forward to our last session with Donna Kirby where she continues to dive deeper into the service excellence topic. Have a great day.